0: You're listening to In The Know, a collection of career development insights and leadership experiences from INSEAD, the business school for the world.
1: Welcome to series three of In The Know. Over the course of this academic year, we will continue to provide discussion on the latest career advice, like the future of the workplace and inside the mind of a recruiter, while also covering many leadership insights featuring episodes on business in the Middle East and managing Generation Z. To kick off series three, we are joined by our Associate Dean of Degrees Programs, Katie Montgomery. As we look to build on the start of the new academic year, share what the future looks like for business education. So let's get in the know with Katie Montgomery. Let me first say thank you very much for, for joining you. me today. It's uh, great to have you. And uh, I think we'll start with an easy question, which is, you know, tell us a bit about yourself. Where are you from, uh, your, your career background and sort of how you got to where you are today?
0: Um, well, thank you for having me. My name is Katie Montgomery, and my current title is Associate Dean for Degree Programs at INSEAD. And I think when people ask me that question, the first thing that comes to mind is a quote from Marian Wright Edelman. Um, she was an American children's rights activist. And what's also interesting is she was the first American um, African-American woman admitted to the Mississippi Bar So I'm from Mississippi and I'm a former attorney. So, you know, I feel like, um, kindred spirits, but she once said education is for improving the lives of others and for leaving your community and world better than you found it. And I think that that says a lot about who I try to be and, and about me. I, I love education. I feel a real, um, commitment, um, to leave the world a, a better place, um, once I leave this earth. And I've been very fortunate um, having pivoted, you know, early in my career, um, you know, around the age of 30 to finding higher education and finding the people I have worked with and the projects I've worked on and the students and participants I've met that um, not only do I feel like I'm a part of that kind of greater good, but I feel like I'm constantly learning. I'm being educated. And I I never thought at this age in my career um, that I would be so engaged and and so challenged and and learning something new every day. And I I think that's part of who I am. Um, I got to INSEAD. um, I had previously worked at at Georgetown and at Johns Hopkins, and I was doing a lot of work in Asia for Hopkins Hopkins, and um, kept coming you know, coming to Asia and just my brain would be on fire. There was so much activity and energy and education was moving and there was a lot of growth. And every time I would come to Asia, I would meet more and more people in industry and in education. And they kept saying, you need to get, you need to come to Asia, come work with us. Um, And I think my name was mentioned to a recruiter and I got a call and it was for the position of, global director of career development and they said you can start in France or you can start in Singapore and I didn't speak a lick of French (laughs) and I love Asia and I took it and then a year and a half later um, I got promoted to my current role and so I've been here now four and a half years and and I'm in love with the organization and with the people.
1: A fantastic journey and congratulations on the the success you've had. I sort of I guess want to touch on some of the highlights of your career. It's a difficult question, I think, for many people because there's so many highlights of, of a career. But is there any one or two things that stand out to you over your journey?
0: Um, I, I think a moment or moments that I was most proud of is I had two former members of my team who later became deans in their own right. And those were two women and seeing... Um, them move through the organization and grow and the impact they're now making in leadership positions. I'm very proud of that. I think when I came to NCID, we had a careers curriculum that was pretty much delivered by external contractors. And so each kind of topic or you know piece of the curriculum was led by someone different. And we came in and really created something that was unified, that had continuing messages and brought that expertise in-house. And I think last but not least, um, COVID and the years, and I stress years, um, has been tough, but I've never been more proud of a team. I work with a group of people who really believe in the mission of NCAD, who despite home-based learning and being you know, um, in quarantine, Um, Some people not being able to travel or see their loved ones for, you know, for more than two years almost, um, but still delivering despite the obstacles um, and just witnessing that resilience and that dedication. I I think that will will always stay with me.
1: I guess bouncing off that, um, can you sort of give our listeners a quick snapshot into what last academic year looked like? Uh, maybe the challenges and, and, you know, the amazing things that came out of last year. And what does the next academic year coming uh, look like? And, and what, what, what what have we got in hold for our students and participants?
0: Good. Thank you. I mean, that, that's a great question. 2021 um, was was crazy. It was intense. And one thing that I think well, there's more than one thing, but NCI does really well is handling ambiguity. Um, you know, we attract, for example, in our MBA students, students that study, you know, a normal MBA in a matter of 10 months. They're usually switching countries after four months, they're constantly on the go. You know, they're people who are who are comfortable with ambiguity and they're very agile. But it was interesting to see the organization, you know, really mirror. Um, those those skills and talents. I think the first thing was really handling the unknown. Um, and what sometimes people don't understand from the outside is, you know, it's very different than a domestic business school. We truly are an international business school. And when you look at the four campuses, you know, I have people just just think about it. You know, I'm I'm sitting in Singapore right now, and how they're handling the pandemic now endemic is completely different than the way it's handled in France versus how it was handled in the UAE. And, you know, we also have an innovation hub in San Francisco. So again, so the fact that we were able to kind of master, um, you know, globally what it looked like, what it looked like in each of our, you know, jurisdictions, you know, where our campuses sit, understanding how it looked different for different stakeholder groups. So, you know, a degree program student might have a different set of needs or experiences than a faculty member, than a staff member, or even from someone who participates in our um, executive development programs. And so I think we really mastered that well. It was really fascinating um, what the students were able to do. They created some really great initiatives. There's something called Coffee Roulette, mm-hmm. you know, which is matching of, um of people all across Encead and allowing people to network, even though they were missing those kind of spontaneous, you know, interactions in the hallway. Mm. Um, What was really fascinating is there was also a group that put together a video and a song, an original song, and to see, you know, those other talents come together and being able to piece it together, even though people were all around the world. Mm. Um, We had an amazing database of internships that weren't your kind of normal paid for internship, but more project work. So students Mm. could really supplement what was happening in the classroom, even though they could not leave basically the comfort of their home. Mm. So it was seeing a lot of innovation. But what was really interesting is we launched a brand new program Mm -hmm. during covid yeah. Um, and it was a really unique program for us. It was the master's in management, which is a pre-experience program. You know, these are students who were right out of university or have had about a year of work experience. And we launched that in the height of COVID. Yeah. Um, and it was a great success. And seeing that you don't have to have the prime conditions, you know, to really continue to educate people. Yeah. Um, so you also asked me about what it looks like, you know, for 21 22 you know, the vaccine has made (laughs) great advances and allowed us to do great things. So we were able to see, um, you know, particularly in France, we no longer had kind of social distancing measures in the classroom. Um, We're able to start to return back to, um, you know, in-person, but also in-person events and engagement. Um, And it's allowed us to also, particularly for executive degree programs, which are modular in nature, it's those are people who don't necessarily live in the backyard of our campuses. And so they are people who need to cross borders, not one time a year, but multiple times for each of the modules. And to just see people coming back together, it's been really exciting. And I think we're all really hopeful for what that looks like, you know, in the new year and, and moving forward. Yeah,
1: for sure. And I think it's a really important point to make that, you know, majority of, of our full-time classes um, they were all on campus most of the time during the pandemic you know there was a few lockdowns of course but for most of the time there was face-to-face education still going on which was really amazing to to watch as, as a staff member looking on and thinking wow this is still happening and they're still getting you know the education they look for which was fantastic. Obviously, hybrid elements to to go with that as well. But, yeah, the adaptation and and the innovation that came through the organization, but also the students and participants as well was was really amazing to watch.
0: And thank you for mentioning that, Luke, because I really think that it was something that we, you know, all of the managers and the leadership really – went above and beyond to have in person whenever we could, you know, that was within um, the current, you know, legal and government restrictions. And that's a real testament to, you know, the staff and the faculty, you know, for doing that. And, you know, we spent a lot of time and energy to make sure that happens. And I think we were one of, you know, only few schools that actually were able to successfully deliver that. So mm-hmm. thank you for noticing and, and, and seeing that. And you were a big part of that too, so thank <laughs> you.
1: Yeah, no, you're welcome. I thought it was very much worth a mention. As we just touched upon, the the past academic year uh, for the Northern Hemisphere uh, mm-hmm. runs from September to August. Um, so, I mean, it's it's been challenging to say the least and I think uh, every industry um, all types of business um, and and institutions have seen these challenges that you know we've all dealt with what does modern business education look like now and will we see a return to the more traditional formats uh, the more traditional business education methods uh, when things return completely back to normal if that will ever happen
0: Good questions. Um, So I do think that we're going to see business education continue to evolve. I mean, that's part of being good at business, right? Mm -hmm. It's it's being able to be adaptable to the market and to your customers. The market is constantly changing. It changes faster than it's ever changed in our history. So it will be very important um, to keep up with that. I do think um, a number of things. Actually, came out as great learning experiences and actually positives during COVID. It, you know, some people might not remember this, but I if and correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, because you know memory has gotten kind of <laughs> a little cluttered, I guess, um, or scattered um, since COVID. But we literally, I think, had a two day turnaround. Mm. You know, to get everyone off campus. To get people situated. And then almost it felt like overnight getting people up and ready to teach online. Hmm. And to be completely honest, you know, you see this in every school. You have some people who are very comfortable with that um, in that space, and others who, you know, prefer to do it my way and the way I used to do it. And so I think the necessity of having everyone move online really gave us a chance to to teach and for professors to really learn what works, to um, get to a certain comfort level and to really be able to hone those kind of online delivery skills. Teaching online is very different than teaching in person. And then you add the other element of kind of hybrid learning where you have some online and some in the classroom. I've done it myself. It's not an easy task. Hmm. So I think one of the positives that's come out of this is that they know that you can deliver an online, that people can still learn and I think it's really understanding people's comfort levels. I mean, we are a school of a lot of different cultures. In fact, you know, we have ninety different countries represented among our student population. And we, you know, the old way of working kind of in the classroom is you raise your hand, you speak. You know, um, there are certain cultures that might be more comfortable with that format. And what we've seen is some people engage even more online, you know, there's a comfort level there. So I think it's actually influencing future pedagogy and how to kind of, you know, be even an even more inclusive environment. Um, And I think it also taught us, um, you know, that students don't wanna be online or our students don't wanna be online all the time. There is great learning and just spontaneous moments. And it's funny if you actually think about this, like how many times I've had a really interesting conversation or a aha moment when I'm washing my hands in the restroom. <laughs> Those things don't happen on Zoom. Mm. You know, you don't schedule a time to run into somebody in the hallway mm. or to be in line entering mm. the cafeteria or, you know, at the end of the day, you know, sitting outside and, you know, just having a beer and relaxing. Those are the moments where the learning continues where sometimes the formality kind of fades away. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, people can kind of show their true selves. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's a massive important um, way to learn and to engage. And so I don't think it's ever going to go, for lack of a better word, out of style. But I do think you're going to see a lot more integration, being able to do some things online and what I tell people, and and our dean Ilian Mihoff even says this that magic happens in the classroom. And I've been fortunate enough to be a student at NCI, and it's true. And that is due to fabulous, you know, faculty. But it's also due to the nature of who's in the classroom. Yep. There is no dominant culture, and so you're getting all of these different kind of viewpoints. And so what I say is, you know, when you're in a program, you want to maximize that time, right? To have a trained facilitator to poke and prod and to take it to the next level, but to have that time together. And so it's going to be interesting to see what we do online to be able to maximize that face-to-face interaction.
1: That's continually raised by many of the students that, you know, that the faculty we have here is amazing, but they also argue that a lot of a big chunk of their learning also comes from each other. So yes. yeah, it's, it's how to find that balance. We touched upon the students and uh, is said, has there been significant changes in what students want from business education or, or their needs or, you know, what has been the common trends that you've seen from participants and students over the last year or two?
0: Well, you know, it's interesting that, you know, it's, did we anticipate the trend or were we ahead of the trend? Um, but our Hoffman Global Institute of Business and Society um, really is in a space that we're seeing students are incredibly interested in. Yep. Um, and particularly as we see um, Generation Z students come in, you know, they want to work for companies that make a difference, that have an impact that don't just consider shareholders, but consider the stakeholders. And that can include the people, your customers, um, people along the um, supply chain. It can consider the environment. It can be your employees. And so we're seeing a real demand and an interest for that. And so I think it's great that we have the Institute, but we're also incorporating that into the curriculum. And so we're definitely seeing students to have a demand for that. We are seeing students, um, We are known, particularly in the MBA program, as a very strong consulting school. We have quite a few students who um, enter into consulting post-graduation. And consulting is still very strong, and we're seeing generally the um, employer market is very strong. But what we saw is um, other opportunities presented themselves, and that included um, seeing an uptick in tech. So, again, constant interest in tech. Um, and then we're seeing people who are actually thinking about how to manage others. And I think what's really interesting is most of our programs have like a professional leadership development component. And so we're seeing people want to know, you know, what are their triggers? How are they projecting on others? You know, being emotionally intelligent. How do you coach people? How do you bring people along with change and definitely demand with that? I think one of your previous questions, um, was about where do we see the future of business education?
1: Yeah, for sure. Yep.
0: And, you know, I could I could give you a laundry list, which I think most of our listeners would would guess, are things like the future of work and experiential learning and um, virtual reality and AI and machine learning and data driven uh, insights and personalized education. You know, all of these things. And what I'm really proud of is, you know, we are an independent school. You know, we're not part of this very, very large university system. You know, where I went to law school, there was a medical school and a business school and an undergraduate. Um, and so we're fairly independent and that allows us to be pretty agile. So I think what's really interesting is I kind of give that laundry list of the kind of new buzz terms. Mm. And we're doing a lot of it. You know, we've had students who through virtual reality during COVID have been able to actually go on to, you know, a a plant's, you know, industry floor and observe and see what's happening in terms of, you know, operations and supply chain. Um, And so, you know, we've got um, great um, movement in terms of bringing in kind of AI and fintech electives. So, you know, we're seeing a lot of this being addressed, you know, again, in our executive education program, more online delivery, Um, you see in our MEM program, so much experiential learning. Um, And and also adding these kind of elements of, you know, not just the academic content, but how do you do it? Hmm. Like doing it. So Hmm. project management, actually managing a project. Right. You know, learning how to take data, but actually working with it to present and tell a story. And so Hmm. we're you're seeing a lot of that where we actually are, I think, starting to get with the, you know, already kind of, you know, dipping our toe in the future and, and experimenting and being there.
1: I mean, I last week I was I was on campus and, uh, and the MIM students had their their feedback sessions with their home groups, which was really interesting to watch because the, I, I talked to a few students and I said this is the first opportunity I've ever had in my you know post secondary college, high school life to get feedback on me as a professional. So they said it was it was really fascinating because you pick things up that you've never heard before and, yeah, okay, some things are, are hard to hear or hard to deal with, but it helps them grow so much. You mentioned uh, you know, so what's coming from industry. Uh, another question I sort of had following up from the students and the changes we're seeing there is what do we see from employers? Obviously, we've got the amazing uh, Career Development Centre who are very close to all our recruiters and our industries and all the employers out there. Have we seen changes in their wants and needs over the last year or two and, and how has that impacted INSEAD?
0: Um, I think like most schools, we saw, you know, a, an initial dip um, just, just in terms of volume and numbers, because I think everybody was, you know, optimistically cautious and looking and waiting. Um, but, you know, I think you saw an entry um, and some interest from kind of other new employers. I think what's most interesting here is People coming out of COVID, but particularly um, our new students, like you said, you know, feedback—they value diversity. They're communaholics. Um, you know, they're 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 very much seeking truth. Um, I think what's really interesting is that combined with people coming out of COVID is what is the future of work, mm. and and what is work-life balance. Mm. And so you are seeing that demand put on employers, and you're seeing some employers who are incredibly flexible about mm. it. And mm. Their idea is that, you know, um, you know, one talent, one world. I'm thinking about, you know, that might not be the exact tagline, but Salesforce is going to allow people to work where they want to work because they want the best talent. Mm. Then you're seeing other more traditional organizations who are returning Mm. back to, um, you know, FaceTime and required work. Mm. Um, So it's going to be interesting to see if it's going to move the needle on our employment um, statistics and kind of, you know. Where it, where it ends up, but, you know, that's definitely something that's interesting. I can tell you right now, um, particularly if we have any active LinkedIn users, um, I, I've i never seen this much activity in terms of recruiting, you know, since I've been in the business school world. And, um, and I tag a lot of our employer engagement team members when I see something and it's just coming in and I'm hearing kind of, you know, look, you know, There is a demand and there is a need and it's coming. And we're seeing what employers are looking for is, you know, they want people who can problem solve. They want people who can think. They want people who are flexible, who can actually, you know, as the world and the market and customers change, that you can change with them. And so you're not necessarily, um, I'm kind of a one, you know, tunnel vision kind of focus. Mm -hmm. And so we're definitely seeing that. And what I tell people all the time is, is look at the employment statistics online. Before I came to NCOT, I had never seen such complexity and transparency, and different ways to slice the data and to look at it. Um, and it, it really is—it's just—it's wow! And it's a great way to kind of look and see who's engaging with us and kind of where our students are going.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think I, I really like that point you made that, you know, they're looking for, employers are looking for people that can problem solve and adapt. And I, I think that's. You know i keep thinking in my head that key question you know expect the impossible or you know the impossible never happens those sort of things but i mean if we look at the last year or two the impossible no one would have ever predicted something like that on that scale um and i think you know the that's uh, being expected from people now you know we can expect the impossible and who can adapt to that and who can solve those problems so yeah interesting to see the journey moving forward So we'll move into the quickfire questions, um, starting off with uh, what's one piece of advice you can uh, give our listeners to help their careers?
0: So I cannot stress this enough. It is know thyself. Um, so it's knowing what you like and what you're good at and being able to articulate and actually going beyond the surface. I can't tell you how many times I've met with with students or alumni and they say, I'm a strong leader and my response is, well, you could be a strong leader in lots of different ways. You know, you could be a great listener, you could be inspirational, you know, you can be a great coach. So really kind of digging deep and knowing thyself will make you a much better job searcher and actually bring happiness and high engagement when you actually, you know, do good work.
1: Fantastic advice. Uh, what have you changed your mind about in the last few years and why?
0: So I would say the biggest thing that I have done is um, I will be graduating from NCAD's, um EMC, the Executive Masters in Change. And I have always been very passionate and I think people would describe me as energetic and I just want to jump in and do and help And it was really learning about boundaries, respecting my boundaries and respecting others' boundaries. And there's something called BART, and it stands for Boundaries, Authority, Role, and Task. And Luke, I'm not joking. I think I ask myself every day when something comes up, what are your boundaries? Do you have the authority to do this? Were you tasked with doing this? And is this your role? and and i think it's something that's really stuck with me and i think it's helped bring me a better balance and also give um more opportunities to my staff to grow and learn and be challenged
1: yeah fantastic nice framework to to sort of easy to memorize as they always are um yeah great (laughs) can take that one on board myself i think (laughs) (laughs) um finally uh sort of We've gone through the end of the, the academic year, as we mentioned earlier, uh, we always take a bit of time to reflect on what we've done, where, our, where we are in our careers, how we can advance ourselves and improve ourselves as professionals. Um, what sort of questions do you often pose to, to the people underneath you in how they can reflect on their careers and where they can sort of project and, and, and improve themselves as individuals?
0: definitely. So, you know, I usually ask, you know, what went well, what are you proud of, what didn't go well or what would you like to change? I always ask, what do you need from me? I think a lot of leaders don't ask for that feedback. So, what could I have done better? You know, what could I have helped you meet your objectives? But the one thing that I also really focus on is it's it's a concept that was brought up in positive psychology and it's the concept of flow. And I'm not a runner, but the way they, the best way to explain it is for you runners out there, um, the idea is that, you know, that first mile can be really hard. You're like, oh, I can barely get through this song. And then before you know it, you've arrived at your home, you've run five miles and you've finished listening to the podcast. And that's flow. You just lose sense of self. And there's, there's two factors to look for in flow are you doing what you're good at and what you like? And is it challenging? It can't be easy because there's not enough of a stretch there, but it can't be so difficult that you're overwhelmed. And I really ask people to think back on the last year and think about when they were in flow and, you know, and also try to think about how to give them more projects or more space or how to take those things that might knock them out of flow off their plate or how to handle that to where they have more of those moments to really just lose sense of time and do what they're great at with a lot of growth. And that's something that you can help people as a manager to, for them to really um, be engaged and happy at work.
1: Fantastic. Well, I think we've come to the end of our flow. <laughs> we've sort of run out of time, unfortunately. Uh, all that's left for me is to thank you very much for your time.
0: Thank you, Luke. I really appreciate it. Take care.
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of In The Know. If you want to know more about today's career development and leadership topics, head online to www.inthenow.insead.edu forward slash podcast. To discover more about any of INSEAD's degree programs, head to www.